the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Not available in all states. The following program is sponsored by Reaching Hearts Ministries. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko concludes the message today entitled, The Mark of the Beast. We hope that you've been enjoying these messages. You can always give us a call at any time at the following phone number, 877-788-5371, 877-788-5371. Just tell us what you think of the broadcast and how we can help you. Again, 877-788-5371. I'll have that information and more at the close of our broadcast today. So please stay with us for just a minute or so after Pastor Mike's message. Let's get underway with the conclusion to The Mark of the Beast. Here is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. In the future, the Mark of the Beast will be placed on the forehead and on the hand. Now, why is this important? How many of you have seen some of these articles? They have these barcode scanners, you know, and... I was on YouTube the other day, and they had this video of this guy saying that if you receive this computer chip in your hand, that somehow you'll receive the mark of the beast. And that's the final issue is over whether or not you'll receive a computer chip in your hand. Well, I put one in my dog, Smokey. He is a beast, but he doesn't have the mark of the beast. I put it in him because if he gets lost, I can find him. Now, I have thought seriously when my children were growing up to put a computer chip under the skin of my children because they get lost easy. They go down this reservoir line, and they'd call me hours later, Dad, I'm not quite sure where I'm at. My son took a friend camping up in Michigan, got lost in the middle of the night at Camp Osabla in a wilderness portion of, of Michigan. His friend was just freaking out. My son was calm. He about took him into a swamp, but he was calm. A computer chip isn't a bad idea if you have children that roam like that. And you can't tell me that someone receives the mark of the beast through a computer chip. So what's going on here? Why is it significant that the mark is in the forehead or in the hand? You see, we must stay with the Bible to explain these things, not go to the newspapers here and there to get it. And the answer is really coming from Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 8. God gives the Ten Commandment law of God in Deuteronomy 5. In Deuteronomy 4, 13, he says the Ten Commandments is God's covenant. In Deuteronomy 6, 1, he says the ten are one. This is the commandment, he calls it. And then he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your might. In other words, the Ten Commandments are a unity. You keep them all together, or you don't keep them at all. And then after that explanation is given, how do you make it practical? How do you put the law into your life? Here is the answer, Deuteronomy 6.6. 6. And these words, meaning the Ten Commandments, which I command you this day, shall be where? What does it say? Shall be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. And you shall bind them as a what? Sign or a mark. Same in the Hebrew. Where? Upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. So the holy law of God 
is to be like a mark in the hand and the forehead to say that you belong to God. The law of God goes in the hand and the forehead. The mark of the beast substitutes the beast's law for God's law. Remember we said that the name of God and the Ten Commandments are synonymous. So the mark of the beast is equivalent to the name of the beast because the mark of the beast represents the law of the beast at the end of time. That is analogous in a negative way to God's law. The mark of the beast issue is a direct attack on the first four commandments in God's holy law given at Mount Sinai. And we find that imagery clearly expressed in Revelation 13. The first commandment, what does it say? It says, you shall have no other gods before you, which means we are to worship God, right? In Revelation 13, 12, the lamb-like beast forces the world to worship the beast, violating the first commandment. The second commandment commands us to not bow down to any image, right? Revelation 13, 15, it builds an image to the beast. The third commandment commands us to reverence the name of God and never take his name in vain. In Revelation 13, 17, no one can buy or sell unless he has the name of the beast. So God's name has been set aside. Commandment 1, commandment 2, commandment 3. The fourth commandment tells us to remember the seventh day as the Sabbath because God is the creator. It is God's sign. Ezekiel 20, 16. Moreover, I gave them my what? Sabbath as a sign or a mark between me and them that they might know that I, the Lord, sanctify them. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not walk in my statutes, but rejected my ordinances, by whose observance man shall live. And my Sabbath they greatly profaned. Then I thought I would pour out my wrath upon them in the wilderness to make a full end of them. The third angel's message speaks of the wrath of God coming because of the violation of God's holy law. Verse 14, but I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations, in whose sight I had brought them out. Moreover, I swore to them in the wilderness that I would not bring them into the land which I had given them, a land flowing with milk and honey, the most glorious of all lands, because they rejected my ordinances and did not walk in my statutes and profaned my Sabbaths, for their hearts were fo- went after their idols. Friend, the seventh day is God's sign that demonstrates that God is the true creator, that he is worthy of our adoration of worship, and there is no other. The seventh day Sabbath is the sign of the living God that he has a claim for worship on your life. The mark of the beast will be a false Sabbath by implication. That is a mark or sign that the beast has a claim for worship in your life. The mark of the beast will be instituted so that you will make a choice to worship the world instead of worshiping God, and life and death will be in play. If the sign of God is a day of worship, then the mark of the beast will be a day of worship too. So what day will become the mark of the beast, which will represent the healing of the death wound of the beast from the sea? Remember, the Antichrist beast from the sea has a pre-existence like Jesus Christ in the pagan world kingdoms of the ancient world. He has a persecuting ministry as the church-state union of the Middle Ages for three and a half prophetic years, mimicking Christ's three and a half personal year ministry. He then receives a deadly wound like Jesus did at the cross at the end of the three and a half years, just Christ at the end of his three and a half years likewise. And then the beast is dead like Jesus was dead for a short period of time. The book of Revelation teaches that this beast will come back to life just before Jesus returns. Now, we don't have a unified world order today, do we? No, we don't. But one day there will be one. Now, some of the evangelists in our church have said, well, that's never coming back. They are incorrect. It is coming back 
for a short period of time to persecute the people of God because the beast will come alive. And the beast is a world kingdom order. The world kingdom order will rise from the dead to persecute those who keep the commandments of God and who have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Friend, the beast from the sea will make war with the dragon on those who belong to Jesus Christ. And if you choose to belong to Jesus Christ, they're going to make war on you too. The beast from the sea will rise from the dead, and the mark of the beast will be the sign that the Antichrist beast is alive again. The sign of God is the seventh-day Sabbath, which is Saturday. And the mark of the beast will be a false Sabbath that will become the sign that the beast from the sea has been resurrected. So what day will become the mark of the beast just before Jesus returns? Revelation thirteen sixteen. let's read. And it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead. That's where God's law goes. So it's fiddling with God's moral law in this issue so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. Does anybody here use their credit cards often? How many of you use your credit cards every week? Raise your hand. How many of you use them every day? Yeah, you shouldn't have raised your hand. Remember the Sabbath day? You're not supposed to buy or sell? Okay, shame on you. Oh, you're saying, well, pastor, I go online, I give to the church with my credit card. You're off the hook because maybe that's offering. But you know, you know what I'm saying. We use them all the time. Imagine someone coming to you and saying, we're shutting your credit cards down. We're shutting your bank account down. We're shutting your retirement account down. We're putting liens on all your property because we want to. We're the IRS. You must comply or you're on the streets. It's unbelievable, isn't it? That's exactly what the Bible is saying will transpire in this country so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark that is the name of the beast or the number of its name. I mean, what will you do in the day when your very life is on the line, when you have to choose between having enough food on the table and starving to death or living by the word of God instead of human bread? Friend, today we are testing these things. What will it be like in that day when the great test comes upon the world? And it is coming soon in world history. Verse 18, this calls for wisdom. Let him who has understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a man's number. Its number is 666. There's only one place in the Old Testament where a man's name belongs to the number 666, which represents the Hebrew Numerical value for the Greek name for beast, Therion, in Revelation 13. The name Adonikam belongs to the census number of 666. It is the census number of a man's name. It is found in the Bible. We don't have to go somewhere else to find this answer. This vital answer is found in the Holy Word of God. The census number of a man's name is in Ezra 2.13 holds the key of understanding. The Bible says the sons of Adonikim, 666. Now, it's no accident that the Greek expression 666 is a perfect grammatical match to 666 in Ezra 2.13, where it is not so in another case in the Old Testament. Why? Because the Bible is linking us to these two verses. The name Adonikim is the key to understanding what day will become the mark of the beast. The sons of Adonikam, the text says, 666. It is the census number of a man's name. John says this calls for wisdom. The name Adonikam is, in fact, a full Hebrew sentence, and it literally means, my Lord has risen. My Lord has risen, 666. 
My Lord has risen. Let's say it again. 666, my Lord has risen. 666. The number points to an idea, the resurrection of the Lord. But the Lord here in Revelation 13 is not Jesus. The Lord is the Antichrist beast from the sea. The beast will finish his journey as Antichrist when he rises from the dead and his deadly wound is healed. Jesus' deadly wound was healed on Sunday in a single day. And the disciples marveled at Sunday. They marveled at what happened that day because his deadly wound was healed. In Revelation 13, 17, the beast will substitute God's sign, which is the seventh-day Sabbath of the fourth commandment, with Jesus' resurrection day, which will become the mark of the beast day in this vital issue at the end. The mark of the beast will become a sign of the Antichrist's false authority to change the sacred times inside God's holy law and to overthrow God's government at the end. It will be the sign of a new world order. The lamb-like beast will provide a false Sabbath in place of the true Sabbath in the United States of America that will be used to save our country from moral and national ruin. And people will die right here on freedom's ground for the truth of Jesus Christ. I'm reading from the pastoral letter of Pope John Paul II of 1998, Dies Domina. It's called the Lord's Day in English. He invoked the keeping of Sunday for the new millennium to bring the world back to the ancient Catholic faith. In this letter, the modern church of Rome takes the logic of the Old Testament, applies it to the fourth commandment, then moves it away from the fourth commandment from the seventh day to the first day. It's like the first century is all over again trying to convince people all this stuff about the fourth commandment now applies to a different day. I'll read from his letter in brief. He writes, in the light of this mystery, he means the light of the Eucharist, the meaning of the Old Testament precept concerning the Lord's day is recovered perfected and fully revealed in the glory which shines on the face of the risen Christ. Now, when he uses the term Lord's Day, he's actually in the context referring to Saturday. In fact, he's admitting that Saturday is the Lord's Day of the Old Testament. But he's trying to transition it to something new. So he goes on to say, we move from the Sabbath to the first day after the Sabbath. From the seventh day to the first day And then he says the Deus Domina, which means the Lord's Day, becomes the Deus Christi, the day of Christ. So he's saying that Saturday is the Lord's Day. And we're moving it from Saturday to Sunday. And so the Lord's Day now becomes the day of Christ. That's the logic here. So there's a little bit of truth in the mix. There's an admission that the Bible refers to seventh-day Sabbath Saturday as the Lord's Day. And somehow it has to be changed. According to the book of Revelation, this false Deus Domina at the end, a shifted Sabbath, will become the Deus Antichristus, the day of Antichrist. Adonikam, my Lord has risen, 666. Jesus was raised on Sunday. And when the beast completes his journey as Antichrist, he will be resurrected on Sunday too. In Revelation 14, 11, the Bible says, the worshipers of the beast have no rest day or night. The Greek word anapalsis literally means Sabbath rest. Jesus used this word in Matthew 11 when he says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you anapalsis, Sabbath rest. The word ana means again. It means cyclical. Palsis to pause, to rest. It's rest that is renewed in your life. In the following chapter, in Matthew 12, Jesus then speaks of Sabbath controversies to define how, in fact, to keep the Sabbath day. So if you're living a life of legalism, you're living a life of oppression, the Sabbath is a sign of the rest of the gospel that is in Jesus Christ. 
The beast from the sea and the lamb-like beast will substitute man's rest on the first day for God's rest on the seventh day. The church of Rome has openly admitted that by the authority of the church and the tradition of the church, it has changed the Ten Commandment law of God. This has been reaffirmed in this pastoral epistle of John Paul II. This is not made-up stuff. You must choose in your own experience which law you're going to follow, the law of God or the law of man. The law of God brings to peace and rest in Jesus. In Revelation 15, 1-4, the Bible describes those who are victorious over the beast and his image at the end of time. The Bible says, Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and wonderful, seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, for with them the wrath of God has ended. Now we have Sabbath imagery here. God finished his work on the seventh day. Seven plagues and his work is finished at the end. The wrath of God is ended. It sounds like Genesis 2.1. On the seventh day, God rested and finished all his work. Verse 2. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire. And those who had conquered the beast in its image and the number of its name, standing beside the sea of glass, in the Greek, upon the sea of glass, with harps of God in their hands. And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and wonderful are thy deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, O King of the ages. The famous Jewish Christian scholar, Dr. J. Alfred Edersheim, he was converted to Christianity from Judaism in his book, The Temple, described the significance of harps and the song of Moses used together. I want to read this to you. The church, he writes, which has come out of the great tribulation, stands victorious on the sea of glass. And the saints have in the harps of God sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. It is the Sabbath of the church. And as on the Sabbath, besides the psalm for the day, Psalms 92, at the ordinary sacrifice, they sang at the additional sabbatical sacrifice, Numbers 28, 9, and 10, in the morning, the song of Moses in Deuteronomy 32, and in the evening, that in Exodus 15. So the victorious church celebrates her true Sabbath rest by singing the same song, the song of Moses and the Lamb, only in language that expresses the fullest meaning of the Sabbath songs in the temple. Page 55, the temple in his book. Friend, the song of victory over the beast is a Sabbath song in Revelation 15. Because the mark of the beast is the attack upon the seventh-day Sabbath. In verse 3, the song of Moses and the Lamb begins with the words, Great and wonderful are thy deeds, O Lord. This is a direct quote from Psalms 92.5. How great are thy works, O Lord. Now, if you're in there, you'll push your finger up the page and you'll discover that it is a very special psalm. It says, A Song for the Sabbath. It's the only song in the Hebrew Psalter that is given for the title of a song for the Sabbath, and that's the song of victory over the mark of the beast. Revelation 15.4 provides the end of the song of Moses and the Lamb. Who shall not fear and glorify thy name, O Lord? For thou alone art holy. All nations shall come and bow down before thee, for thy judgments have been revealed. Most Bible margins indicate that verse 4 is taken from Isaiah 66.23. Take your Bibles, quickly turn there. From new moon to new moon, from Sabbath to Sabbath, here's the illusion. All flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Those who gain the victory over the mark of the beast will sing the song of Moses and the Lamb on the sea of glass. Friend, the victory song over the mark of the beast is very clearly a Sabbath song. 
And if you are not taking the Sabbath seriously in your life, you will not learn the music of the song. Those who gain victory of the mark of the beast will sing the song of Moses and the Lamb on the sea of glass. It's the song of Moses because Moses gave us the testimony, the law. It's the song of the Lamb because Jesus died because we've all broken God's law. There's mercy in the song. In the end, justice and mercy meet in a song of deliverance. And Christ is the new Moses, the new deliverer. And mercy is the last magic in the eyes of the Lamb who died for you when God comes to save you from a world that turns against you. For years, he wore the tattoo, which has been universally recognized as the world's worst portrait tattoo. Have you ever seen that on the Internet? I have. It's the world's worst portrait tattoo. Now, there's a tragedy behind the story of the tattoo. Chad Stahl is the man who wore the world's worst portrait tattoo. In fact, it's been called an abomination on the Internet. It started out as an act of love. He was married to a beautiful woman named Mindy. But after being married for just three months, his wife died in a tragic house fire. They had children before their marriage, so he had to raise them after the fact. And he was absolutely busted up inside, driven deep to sorrow because he lost his beautiful Mindy. He never wanted to forget the one he loved. So what did he do? He wanted to remember her, so he took her wedding picture to a tattooist, and he paid $450 to have it tattooed on his arm. When the picture was finished, it looked awful. I mean, she looked like something out of a Halloween show or something. His beautiful Mindy engraved on his arm as an ugly picture. The teeth were jagged, and she looked evil. It was called an abomination, as I said, by many who saw it. So that tattoo artist had created a false picture of Mindy that destroyed her true memory. The picture hit the Internet and became famous, and so he was ashamed to show off his tattooed arm to the world. He wore long sleeves and bore the shame for years alone. One day, a world-famous tattoo artist sought him out, wanted to correct this problem, and he found him, and he said, I'd like to make that image right. I'd like to restore the true image. To remove the old and replace it with the new was not easy. He had to extract and then superimpose the right picture over the old, but he did it. It took three hours, and he did it. Transformation. It was full and complete. Chad said, I'm so happy when it was over. I just want to tell everyone about the good news, that I have the right picture on my arm. Friend, the seventh-day Sabbath is the true Lord's Day. Even the Church of Rome has admitted it to be so. It represents righteousness by faith in Jesus Christ. It points to the one who died for our sins, who is the creator, who rested with a finished work at the cross and the tomb. It provides the true picture of Jesus as the creator and the redeemer. Sunday is the day of the resurrection, but it's not the Lord's day. It's just the day of the resurrection. And it's a bad tattoo of the real Lord's day if you try to make it into the Lord's day. When you substitute Sunday for the seventh-day Sabbath, it gets in the way of what Jesus is really trying to say in the Bible. It does not provide the right picture of Jesus. That's why it's an issue at the end of time. It denies that Christ is the creator. It denies that Christ is the redeemer. It denies the words of the one who said, it is finished at the cross of Calvary. And it points to the work of Christ to take the place of the rest of Christ. It is a misuse of the gospel. The Sabbath teaches that we are finished by faith before we start. Man was made on the sixth day. He rested on the seventh day. And when you make the first day of a work week into the rest day of God, you have violated the very truth of the gospel. 
At the end of time, it's time to fix the tattoo and let the beauty of Jesus shine through on the seventh day, the Lord's day. Ezekiel 20, 12, Moreover, I gave them my Sabbaths as a sign between me and them that they might know that I, the Lord, sanctify them. Dear Father God, I'd rather be a part of a remnant that loves Jesus and follows His law than those who will look it in the eye and decide not to. Father, we have many brothers and sisters who keep Sunday as the Lord's Day. And they're good people, a whole lot of them. And Father, we're no better than them because of these understandings. But I pray, O oh Father, that who Jesus is, that His truth that is in His Word, Father, somehow in our lives will shine in such a way, and it will shine in the Word of God in such a way that they will see it clearly. Before we get off this planet, there are not going to be three groups. Those who understand evil and want to follow it, those who don't understand, they're in the middle, and those who understand good and want to follow it, there will be only two groups. The group in the middle will disappear. And Father, I pray for the massive group in the middle, your Christian church globally. May your people around the world come into obedience, the faith of Jesus, and align themselves with the Bible. And Father, in this place, may we never have an arrogant tone to be condescending toward our brothers and sisters in Christ and the Catholic Church and the Protestant churches who see it differently. But Father, help us to stand for truth nonetheless and not be ashamed of it. For their sake and ours, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today to Reaching Your Heart. That will conclude the Mark of the Beast. We appreciate you listening. If you'd like to listen to this broadcast again, it's available for you at reachingyourheart.com on the Internet. You can find it under the broadcast schedule. If you can help this ministry with a financial contribution, our address is Reaching Hearts International, 15300 Spencerville Court, Suite 201, Burtonsville, Maryland, 20866. That's Reaching Hearts International, 15300 Spencerville Court, Suite 201, Burtonsville, Maryland, 20866. And thank you so much for your support. We hope you'll join us again tomorrow for another edition of Reaching Your Heart. Until then, don't forget you can listen to all of these messages at reachingyourheart.com. For Pastor Michael Oxentenko and everyone here, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.